This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 nonstop destination for A's baseball. Go to athletics.com slash A's Cast to download the app. Restrictions apply. Now, it's time for a trip down on the farm. Let's check in on reports from around the Oakland A's minor league affiliates. Welcome to our A's Farm podcast. I'm your host, athleticsfarm.com editor-in-chief, Bill Moriarty. And today, we're going to be joined by Las Vegas manager Fran Reardon to talk about some of the team's top AAA prospects. Then we're going to talk with first-year Las Vegas coach and former A's scout, Craig Conklin. After that, we're going to catch up with Las Vegas first baseman Seth Brown, who's been one of the team's biggest sluggers so far this season. And finally, we're going to check in with Stockton infielder Jeremy Ironman, who was the A's third overall pick in last year's draft. But first, here's our conversation with AAA Las Vegas manager Fran Reardon. We're joined today by Las Vegas manager Fran Reardon. Thanks for joining us today, Fran. It's a pleasure to be with you. So I know you spent a lot of years managing in the Indy Leagues. How long were you managing in the Indy Leagues? I don't know the exact number of years. Uh, I think it was 14 or 15. Um, you know, it was a lot of different stops and a stint as a player manager to start my managerial career. And then uh, in 2015, I was hired by the A's. That, that's a long time to spend in the Indy Leagues. What, can you tell me a little bit about how you got started managing there and what life is like in the Indy Leagues? Yeah, well, when I was still playing, I had an opportunity. Um, uh, the ownership group that I was playing for at the time decided to clean house the front office, and they fired the, the manager, pitching coach, hitting coach, athletic trainer, everybody. And they asked me if I'd be interested in being a player manager the last couple of weeks of the season, so I said, sure. And that kind of parlayed into uh, another two-year stint as a player manager for a different team. And then uh, when I got done playing in 2003, I, I decided that I really enjoyed managing, and it's something that I wanted to improve on is something that I wanted to learn more about and was given an opportunity with another Indy League club in, uh, in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Uh, spent six years there and, and moved around a little bit and a couple other different stops. And I finally got to a point where uh, I, I really wanted to uh, get out and see if I was a candidate to, to manage an organization. And I was fortunate enough to, to find the A's and I've been here ever since. Yeah, I think you started out in Beloit a few years ago. How did, how did that happen? How did you join the A's organization? Well, uh, it, you know, it, having having friends in, in high places, I guess. I was I was pretty close with Darren Bush, who's uh, obviously our big league hitting coach, and we would talk over the years. He had he had played in indie ball. I had played against him. Um, he, he had managed against me when I was still playing, and then he became a, a hitting coach and 
manager with the Oakland uh, farm system and moved his way up the ranks. And we always kept in contact. And, you know, the, the managerial job became open in 2015. And he did nothing other than recommend me to Keith Lippman, our farm director. And uh, after a couple interviews, they, they offered me the job. So it was, you know, a short process, I guess, from, you know, you know signing to going to manage in Beloit. But it was a, a long, a long journey for me managing an indie ball and uh, going to a, a few different places and experience a lot of a lot of different things. Well, now you've managed at a lot of different levels since joining the A system. You started, like we mentioned, in Beloit. You managed a Double A Midland, and now you've been here at the Triple A level. How different is it managing, say, at Beloit, where you've got a lot of young guys just beginning their pro careers, very raw talents at that stage of the game, and managing here at Triple A, where you've got a lot of experienced guys, whether they've had time in the mi major leagues or not. They're they're minor league veterans, or they have had some time in the major leagues. They're much older. What? How, how different is it from your job as a manager to handle those? two different types of situations. Well, it's, it's night and day. You know, I spent two years in, in low A in Beloit in 2015 and 2016. And, you know, these, these are kids that are, that are very young, that are very talented, but really don't understand and, uh, the rigors of minor league baseball. Playing every day, keeping their bodies and minds in shape to play every day. And they have no real set routines established at that point in their careers. And I think that's the biggest job, not only of the manager, but of the entire staffs at the lower levels, is to you know, make those guys comfortable in their routines, uh, give them routines, give them information, and, and help them establish themselves as players that are going to develop consistent habits and major league habits. You know, you get to the AA level and then uh, taking it a step further to the AAA level, and these are guys that have either been to the big leagues or are on the cusp of making it to the big leagues, and there's a, a whole different uh, you know, set of concerns that have to be dealt with every day. It, you know, making sure guys aren't getting upset that other people are getting called up or guys that are getting getting sent down from the major leagues and making sure they're still ready to compete and ready to perform at a high level every day because you know you're always an injury or a, a transaction away from being called up to the big leagues so you know just kind of understanding that these guys need consistency and these guys you know same as the the, the a ball guys but on a different level have to be consistently doing things at a major league quality level as far as their habits and, and work goes yeah, I guess everybody here knows Knows they're just a short plane ride away from uh, from Oakland, but in in Beloit, for example, I guess you you really need a lot more patience on a day to day basis, probably with a lot of the young guys there. Uh, patience is the exact word I'd use. You know, you you see a lot of things that you kind of cringe at, and you you don't think that you would see at the professional level, but they're they're learning, and it's your job to teach them. And and the the quicker that you can. Uh, diminish that learning curve so that these guys can learn how to play the game and learn to match their their baseball awareness with their, their skill set and their potential, the better off those players are going to be. And you don't have as much of that at the AAA level, but, you know, the guys are still learning. And, you know, you see plays that happen in the major leagues where a guy lacks game awareness, and it still happens at the highest levels. It just diminishes greatly as you as you go up the ladder. A lot less patience required as you go up the ladder. <laughs> so so let me ask you, every team sort of has a, a character or a vibe or identity or a certain kind of energy about them. How would you characterize this, this team, this uh, 2019 Las Vegas team? I'd say resilient so far. You know, we started off very hot. Uh, you know, I think we, we started off the season winning 15 out of our first 20 games, and then we hit a little bit of a skid where we weren't really doing much of anything right. Our pitching was getting banged around a little bit. Our defense was pretty porous, and, uh, you, you know, our, our hitting was inconsistent. So I, I think to a man, 
none of these guys came in after a two three game losing streak and and hung their heads they they went and they they got to work and they did the same things they were doing when we were you know winning eight out of ten ball games to start the year and sure enough you know the results started to come again because at this point in their careers they understand you're going to have some lows you're going to have some personal lows some individual lows you're going to have some team lows but those are just temporary just as the highs are you just want to make the highs a little bit more consistent than the lows and I think these guys have shown a lot of resiliency and I will tell you this they play the game hard every day and it doesn't matter what the score is these guys are going to come at you these guys are going to run the bases aggressive they're going to be focused at you know at the plate and they're going to they're going to do everything they can base running to, to push the envelope well like you mentioned you guys did get off to a really hot start at the start of the year that must have been nice for you here being in this new city and this new town and this new ballpark to, to get off to the start you did. It, it was great. You know, this you look around this facility we have here in Las Vegas and it, it's just, it's beautiful. And the, the guys really take the energy from the fans and they, they want to perform well. You know, win or lose, they're, they're going to give you that effort. And it was very nice to be in a new situation in Las Vegas, a new affiliate here in Summerlin and, and really make a great first impression, not only with the fans, but the front office and the, the city, the city of Summerlin, the city of Las Vegas. And how do you feel about the, this new ballpark here in general? I mean, it's the pearl of the minor leagues. It's second to none. I, I've been in a lot of minor league parks, and I, I say this this is far better than any of them I've been to. And it's not it's not just the field. It's not just the stadium. It's it's the fan. It's the, the atmosphere. It's the clubhouse. The the players' amenities as far as the athletic training room and the weight room. Uh, it's just a really, really good place to come to work every day, and it's a really good environment for these guys to learn and develop. Well, I know there have been a lot of runs scored here in the early going. I, I know it's still early, but do you, do you get the feeling it might be a bit of a hitter's park here? I, I think so. You know, we're, we're, up, we're up pretty high in elevation. The ball travels pretty well here, and Las Vegas is a, a pretty windy city, so if that, that wind's blowing out and, you know, the, obviously the air is going to help the ball go a little bit further, you, you can't make too many mistakes on the mound, especially with uh, the quality of hitters in this league, for sure. Well, you've got a lot of interesting prospects here this year. Is there anyone who you feel thus far in the early going has really taken a step forward or really opened your eyes with their performance in the early part of the season? Well, I, I, I say there's a lot of guys that would fit that bill. Uh, the first guy that jumps to my mind is Jorge Mateo. Um, I've been with Jorge since 2017. I had him a little bit in the Texas League after the trade from the Yankees. and um, I've always known his talent. I've always known his athleticism, his, his uh, just ability to, to change games with his speed and his uh, combination of power and defense. But it's, it's been a, a long road for him to develop the focus and the consistency to perform at a high level consistently. And he struggled a little bit in, in Nashville last year at the AAA level in his, in his first full season. And uh, from what I've seen so far, this year, his focus has been, you know, rock solid. He, he's approaching every day, whether he went 0 for 4 or 4 for 4 the night before, is a new day. Um, he's forgetting about bad at bats. He's forgetting about bad swings during at bats much quicker. His defense has been really good, and uh, one thing that's impressed me most has been his base running. He was so fast and, and almost to the point where he'd be reckless on the bases last year. And he's really tightened up his, his jumps, stealing bases, his aggressiveness as far as when to go first to third, when to go first to home. And then you look at the fact that 
you know, a, a month and a half into the season, he's leading the league in triples with with nine, and the, the next the next highest person has three or four. It's it's been pretty impressive to watch him so far this season. Yeah, he's always clearly been such a talented guy, and it was such a surprise to see him struggle as much as he did last year. And it seems like he's finally putting those tools together and showing some more consistency this year. It's nice to see. Yeah, it, it's really nice to see because he wants it so badly, and he wants to be a, a great player in the big leagues. And I think that his his uh, ability to play the game at a high level is starting to, to catch up with his his potential and his high his very high ceiling. Let me ask you about a couple other guys real quick uh, while we have you here. Um, Sean Murphy, a very talented catcher, obviously great defensive skills behind the plate, strong arm, and he really came out hitting hitting well and uh, seemed to have a good approach at the plate early in the year. Unfortunately, he got injured, but, but what were you seeing out of Sean Murphy when he was here? Well, Sean's another guy that I had the pleasure to manage in the Texas League in 2017, and there are some things that he needed to tighten up about his game, both offensively and defensively. And from from what I saw of him this year, uh, I mean, he he had filled those holes tremendously. He was receiving as well as I'd ever seen him receive. He's obviously still throwing the ball at an elite level. Um, his his pitch sequencing, how he was calling games, was was spot on. And the most impressive thing to me was the way he was swinging the bat. Uh, he was really doing some damage and, and having really good quality at bats for us and it, obviously it's a shame that he got injured but it's not it's not a, a season-ending injury he he should be back sometimes this, this season and from what I saw from Sean he's pretty close to being major league ready I, I was just about to say to you he, he looked like he was really putting it together early in the year do, do you feel he's pretty close to being major league ready at this point <laughs> yeah absolutely there's no question in my mind okay let me ask you about one last guy if we can um, and that would be Sky Bolt uh, he got off to a great start here early in the year and uh, you know he got that call up to, to the big leagues how um, how impressive was he when he was playing here uh, the first month of the season and uh, how exciting was it for you to be able to tell him and let him know he was going to get that big league debut well I think Sky's numbers speak for themselves the first month of the season you know a guy that's hitting in, in the mid threes and and you know up in the top ten and, and RBIs and six or seven home runs to start just having a phenomenal offensive season but it wasn't just just his offense. He was he was playing a really good outfield defense. He's he had made seven or eight just spectacular plays out there in the outfield. He was throwing the ball really well, um, just doing everything really well. So when when I found out that he was going to get his first opportunity to go to the big leagues, before even telling him, I, I was just so proud of how far he had come in his journey to get to the big leagues and the fact that in his first full season in AAA, uh, the success he was having early on really merited that call up, and then to finally be able to tell him that you know what, Scott. You're, you're, a, you're a big leaguer. That was a special moment for me and a, obviously a special moment for him as well. Great. Well, best of luck this season, Fran, and thanks for taking the time out to join us today. Thanks, Bill. Stay tuned for more on the A's Farm Podcast coming right up. Craig Conklin served as the A's Southern California Area Scout for the past few years, but this year he's making his debut in the professional coaching ranks. In addition to their hitting and pitching coaches, the A's decided to add a third coach to each of their minor league teams this season, and Conklin is serving in that role on Fran Reardon's staff in Las Vegas this year. We wanted to learn a little more about the long and winding road that led him to his current role, so we recently took the chance to catch up with him in Las Vegas. We're joined by Las Vegas coach Craig Conklin. Thanks for joining us today, Craig. Sure, my pleasure. So uh, tell us a little bit about your background in baseball. Uh, how'd you start out? What, what's, your, what's, your ex what's your early experience in the game? Um, well, I started coaching in junior college and um, 
I would see scouts come to to the fence and ask for you know rosters and what players they should look at and you know I've always wanted to stay in the game you know because it's my passion so I started thinking about you know scouting I was like some of these guys you know I thought I could do that. <laughs> so I started networking a little bit, and then I got an opportunity uh, to go to Major League Baseball uh, Scout School. Mm. And um, I went there in November 99, and um, the Scouting Bureau hired me from that Scout School. So I scouted from 2000 until last year. Uh, 15 of those years were with the Scouting Bureau and uh, three with Oakland. So I know you played high school ball. Did you play college ball as well? Yeah, yeah, I played. Um, well, it's ironic. I got cut two years in a row from the junior college I coached at, and <laughs> I slept. I moved to San Diego, slept in my car for um, a fall, just trying to make a team. Going in the every Monday down the depth chart, and if my name was there, I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> but then I'd have to, you know, figure out how I was going to survive for that week. So once I, I made the team. But then now that meant I had to enroll in school and, you know, I was going to have to survive for an entire season. And I don't know if I could do that. That was a viable option. So I moved back up to the Central Coast and um, that junior college, uh, the coach that I went to, the coach um, wasn't there anymore. So um, I went in in January when they already pretty much had their team. and. Uh, tried to walk on right there and they told me to beat it and come back next year and I said just run me in a 60 hit me some fly balls let me take a couple rounds of BP and if you don't like me then I'll come back so two weeks later I was starting in left field and then uh, um, back then they had two drafts and the Reds um, had interest in me uh, and said they'd draft me and so that's all I cared about so I kind of stopped going to school and that didn't happen so then I had to take 20.5 units to be eligible, and then long story short, I didn't shorter. I didn't have any transferable units. I had all these colleges wanted me, but I had no transferable units. So um, I went in the military, and and then uh, you know had a couple kids, and but baseball is what I've done. So then the coach that I played for said if I ever wanted to coach to just come back. So that's kind of how that started. And then it was on to the scouting. So when did you when did you join the A's organization as a scout for the A's actually? Um, I believe it was 2015 um, when the Scouting Bureau, the first year they started downsizing and restructuring, um, I was in that first year, which was actually a blessing because the next year was a mass exodus and, um, and uh, the A's picked me up, so that was great. So you were working as a Southern California area scout for the A's, right? That is correct. So who were some of the guys that you were scouting and involved in uh, helping get signed at that point? Um, Kyle Friedrichs, he was my, my first sign, him and Evan Manorino. Um, Jared Costa, who since he's been released. Um, Sam Sheehan and Luke Persico. Those are the guys that, that I signed. Well, there's always a lot of talent in Southern California, so there's a lot of guys to keep an eye on down there. <laughs> yeah, there is. There is. You know, so um, I'm thoroughly happy with the guys that I got. I mean, you always want to get a first-rounder, a top guy, but, yeah. you know, more importantly for me, those kids were all, you know, great young men. 
Now, uh, you're, this is your first year coaching in Las Vegas. You were a scout up until this year, so you've made the transition from scouting to coaching. And a lot of people don't know, in, in the minor leagues, you don't have much of a coaching staff here. You've usually got the manager who coaches third base. You've got your pitching coach. You've got your hitting coach, and that's it. But this year, the A's have added an extra coach to each team, and in AAA, that's, that's you. So can you tell me how that transition uh, took place for you? Yeah, so um, the A's they like to get you know their scouts kind of involved um, in instructional league so it, when it's feasible you know they rotate some scouts into Arizona to work as coaches in instructional league and I was fortunate enough to be one of those coaches a couple years um, and then I got to uh, work with um, go and fill in in Beloit one year and uh, last year I got to work with Stockton for a little bit and, and I had talked to our farm director, Keith Lippman, um, you know, about the timing of, of transitioning into coaching because it's really why I got into scouting. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, so, you know, when the opportunity came, um, you know, I took it. I didn't think I'd get sent to AAA, <laughs> but, you know, of course, I wasn't going to say no. <laughs> um, but, yeah, the fourth coach is, is, is a big deal, and a lot of organizations are doing it um, because you get it, – it spreads the workload out. You know, so I get to work with – I get to help Eric um, with hitters when he needs me, um, you know, lighten the load on BP, uh, be, be the fungo guy, work with the base runners. It's my responsibility, um, and the, uh, the outfielders. So, you know, um, which allows, you know, Eric to focus more on things, you know, and, and take time when he needs to work individually with guys or Fran to be able to sit and, you know, and think about, you know, what he needs to do as opposed to being spread. I got to go do this or I got to go do that to help out. Right. Yeah, I was going to ask you what what the role was like because it's really kind of an undefined role, and I guess you really are kind of a utility man on the on the coaching staff, filling in wherever needed. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, and I, and, and it's nice. Um, you know, a lot of times uh, through, in the minor leagues, they'll have a position player coach first base. You know, and in AAA, you know, it's nice to actually have, you know, somebody a coach. A real you know, coach. <laughs> yeah, that, that is, you know, specifically working with base runners so I can give them information or, or whatever they need from me um, on, the, on the spot, um, you know, instead of a player that, you know, that not that they're not doing it, but, you know, basically they're just going to give them times and, and generic things. Right. <laughs> so what about the final question, this this. You're here in Las Vegas. The first year the A's affiliate here, AAA affiliate in Las Vegas, is brand new ballpark. What do you feel about uh, uh, the team being here in Vegas, and what do you feel about this ballpark here? Well, I, I you know, I love the team being here. Um, for one, it's it's close to my home and my family. Um, it's a six-hour drive or a 45-minute flight. Um, so that's great um, as far as conveniences, getting my family here and such. Um, the ballpark's amazing. Um, you know, when I was scouting, I had been around the country, and this is by far the the best venue, you know. Um, and I scouted in Vegas for, for 12, 12 or 13 years. So it's nice because I have a lot of connections here, and I see some of the same people, you know, like Don Logan, um, you know, and, and his staff, you know, when they were at Cashman. So I knew them from, from there. So it's, 
it's kind of nice, you know, it's familiar. <laughs> Great. Well, thanks for taking the time to talk to us. It was good getting to know you, Craig. Absolutely. Thank you. Stay tuned for more on the A's Farm Podcast coming right up. Back in 2015, the A's made Seth Brown their 19th round draft pick. The left-handed hitter spent most of his time in the outfield until last year when he made the full-time move to first base. The slugger led the California League in home runs in 2017. He then led the Texas League in doubles last year, and he's been the home run leader in Las Vegas most of this season. We recently took the chance to catch up with him in Las Vegas. We're joined today by Las Vegas first baseman Seth Brown. Thanks for joining us today, Seth. Yeah, thank you for having me. And uh, you got off to a really hot start this year. You've been leading the team in home runs most of the year. What's uh, what's working for you in the early going here in Vegas? Uh, you know, I think the uh, biggest thing for me is just staying within myself, um, just trusting my hands and um, getting good pitches to hit, you know, uh, staying with my approach. Uh, when I do those things, um, you know, I have the best chance of putting a you know, barrel on a ball. So I've uh, been doing those things pretty well so far. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because you're, you've been a bit of an under-the-radar prospect. Like a lot of A's fans might not know your name, yet yeah. you've had some really good seasons in the minor leagues. You led the California League in home runs a couple years ago. You led the Texas League in doubles last year. Yeah. We know it's a lot harder to hit home runs there, but, yeah. <laughs> but hitting doubles might, might be a little easier. But, but you still hit a lot of them there. And again, you're, you, you've got a lot of home runs to start the season here in, in Vegas. Um, how do you feel about your minor league career thus far? Do you feel you've made the progress you've wanted? Do you feel you're where you want to be? right now you know absolutely um, you know everyone has those first year struggles you know and I definitely went through it my first year and uh, when I repeated high A you know it was a good chance for me to kind of fix my mental approach and kind of look at fix how I look at the game a little bit more and, and continue to learn and and I've kind of done that the uh, last couple years so far it's just been learning for me uh, I'm always around a lot of guys to learn from and especially here in Vegas you know we have so many guys here, so many veterans that have put, been around the game for a long time so learning from those guys and uh, it's been huge for me in my development and uh, you know I, I'm lucky to be here and I'm very thankful I get to be here and uh, trying to take advantage of it you know every night and being around these guys it just it, it helps me and uh, you know like I said I've, I've learned so much from them so far and with a lot more to go for the rest of the season. It's definitely a higher level of competition here, isn't it? Oh, absolutely it is. You got guys, you know, back and forth from the big leagues and facing great arms every night. So it's it's always a learning experience out here and um, being tested every night is just awesome. It brings you to a whole nother level, uh, you know, both physically and mentally to to compete every night. So it's it's definitely a blast out here. Well, you've definitely gone to a whole nother level in a few games out here. You had one game where you had three home runs earlier in the year. What what was that experience like for you? Uh, it's indescribable for me. Uh, it was just one of those. Those nights where things kind of fell my way and um, it's a night I'll never forget being around everybody out here the fans were absolutely incredible and they're incredible every night here so playing in front of this this crowd and this stadium it's beautiful here and around my teammates who are awesome and uh, it was just in a night I'll never forget I, I was gonna ask you what it's like playing here in this nice new ballpark here in here in Vegas it's it's truly awesome you got I mean basically a sellout crowd every night and they're always into it and the fans are amazing and the the park is beyond beautiful you know it blows you away every time you step out here so um, like I said I feel lucky and blessed that I get to be a part of it because this stadium is just something that you know you, you only get to play in you know once in a once in a long time so so being out here every night is definitely a blessing and it's definitely awesome uh, it's interesting because your first couple years in the system you were playing in the outfield you know you're primarily an outfielder and then you moved to first base how did that happen and and what's that adjustment been like for you uh, well coming up as an outfielder uh, it's where I played in college for the most 
most part. And uh, so I'm definitely comfortable out there. But, you know, coming in last year, you know, most of my bats, you know, we have a lot of great prospects in the outfield. So getting that time and getting those at bats are you know, the most important thing. And for me, playing first base is where I was going to get them. And so uh, they came to me and, you know, I'm willing to play anywhere to, to as long as I get to be in the lineup and as long as I have a spot. So, and that's what I said, you know, you, you've, Anywhere you can put me that I can get in the lineup, I'm no problem here. So, uh, but the adjustment from you know outfield to first base was definitely um, definitely been a process for me. Um, you know, last year it came together for me a little bit more, and and every day I'm out here taking ground balls, I get more comfortable every day. So, um, it's been fun, absolutely, you know, absolutely fun. And it, it all goes back to you know having teammates and having guys that have been around, and I just learn from them every day. You know, we got amazing infields or infielders here, so learning from those guys is definitely a treat for me. And um, but I just you know the more I take. And the more ground balls, the more time I get, uh, the more comfortable and the better I get. Well, besides the defensive adjustments, are there any adjustments at the plate you've had to make this year at the AAA level? Uh, so far, you know, we're facing guys that, that know what they're doing to you, um, and they have a great plan against you. And, I mean, they have numbers on numbers of how to pitch you and what, what your, where your weak spots are. So uh, these guys up here, they're all elite, and so when you're facing them, they know exactly what they want to do to you. And so it's it's kind of matching, and, and you have to be a little bit more um, selective, I guess, if you will, of pitches you want to swing at because um, – you know the the pitchers' pitches get more and the the hitters' pitches get less. So uh, going up every night and having a plan is is the most important thing you can do. Yeah, they're throwing a lot of funky looking stuff up there at you sometimes, aren't they? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So you know, getting a pitch to hit is uh, you know it's sometimes challenging. And sometimes you don't get you know your pitch for you know uh, a whole night. So. Um, Getting pitches to hit is is the most important thing, and when you get them, you can't miss them up here. It's uh, you may only get one or two a night, you know, if any. So when you get them, you got to take advantage of it, and um, that's my main goal up there. Is when I get a pitch to hit, I, I need to put a good swing on it, and I need to barrel it. So it's it's definitely challenging and fun. <laughs> well, like I said, you've gotten off to a good start. You've been hitting well. Is there anything you're focused on? Anything you're working on? Anything you've kind of got in your mind you're trying to accomplish here at this point? At this point, I j I'm here to help the, the help the team as much as I can, and um, wherever I'm at. Uh, you know, I just want to help the team win, and that's that's our overall goal is to win ball games. And uh, so, any chance I can do that, any, anywhere you can put me, or any you know, any anything I can do to help the team win is what I'm what I'm here for. Great, thanks a lot, Seth. Thank you for having me. Stay tuned for more on the A's Farm Podcast coming right up. The A's made shortstop Jeremy Ironman their third overall pick in last year's draft. After leading Vermont in home runs last year, the A's decided to have Ironman skip a level and sent him to Stockton in the California League this season, where he's been splitting time at shortstop and second base with Nick Allen. He recently took some time to talk with our Robert Bermudez at Banner Island Ballpark in Stockton. Joining me now is Jeremy Ironman. He was a second-round draft pick in 2018 out of the University of Missouri State University, actually. So... First and foremost, congratulations. You went straight from short season Vermont right up to high A, high a Stockton here. Uh, does that mean a lot to you when, when a front office says, go ahead and skip a level of Beloit and, and we think we're comfortable giving you an aggressive assignment? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it means, it means a lot to me. You know, uh, I, feel like, I feel like they feel good about where I'm at. And uh, putting in, I put in a lot of work this offseason, and I really uh, pride myself on coming to spring training in really good shape and being in a good spot on the field and uh, that was kind of my goal in the offseason was to come in in good shape and hopefully hopefully come to Stockton this first year and skip Beloit and that's what I did so I'm pretty happy where I'm at. 
Were there any major adjustments you made coming between Vermont and here with your swing, whether it's with the approach or mechanically? Yeah, I mean, it was the main the main focus at the end of last year in Vermont and in Instructs was uh, pitch selection. Uh, that was that was really the main goal. When when I'm hitting swinging at pitches in the zone, I, I hit the ball hard, and when I'm chasing out of the zone, I mean, I'm striking out quite a bit more. So I mean, that's that's kind of been the key to success for me is really staying in the zone and getting my pitch. So. You're splitting time at shortstop with Nick Allen, who a lot of people rave about his defense. Are there any things that you guys talk about going back and forth that you pick up defensively? Uh, I mean, yeah, a little bit. I mean, just just on the field. I mean, we kind of work off each other. Uh, he's a really good defender, and you know, I kind of I kind of watch what he does, and he may watch what I do. But I mean, yeah, we just kind of feed off each other at the middle, try to make good plays. Any sort of friendly competition when you're going out there? <laughs> uh, not not really. I mean, it's it's just fun. It's fun being out there. All right, and this is your first full season of, of uh, professional baseball because last season you were in Vermont was just only short season. Are you mentally or physically doing anything to prepare for what's really a long and, and oftentimes grueling regular season? Uh, you know, I mean, I'm just I'm just coming out every day and uh, just grinding. Really, I mean, it's it's still early, so I mean, my body's my body's good right now, but I mean. I've, I've heard it gets to, it gets to be quite a grind, you know, uh, when you get into late July, August. But uh, you know, I'm just just going at it every day as hard as I can go and just ready for it. Do you find you have uh, an easy time striking that balance between like working out and, and staying in shape versus not wearing your body down to where you can still make sure you play all the games? Yeah, yeah. There's there's definitely a balance you have to have. Uh, you definitely have to maintain your strength and definitely get your lifts in and stretch and keep your body in, in good shape and everything but you also don't want to go lift four or five times a week and get tired because you're gonna be tired already playing every day so yeah it's just a balance yeah and we know the power is there we saw it in vermont and we're seeing it again this season in stockton do you like playing in the cow league here i know it's a lot more of a fritter hitter friendly league than the uh the the new york pen league out there yeah yeah i mean it, it is nice knowing that you don't really have to get one all the way and the ball really flies out here, but that also can work against you a little bit out here and you try to hit home runs and you can run into some problems there. But overall, yeah, it's, it's a good league to hit in. So, Do you think sometimes you have to kind of tone it back when, when you do know short porches, but trying to stay consistent with an approach? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like I said, I mean, you get out there trying to hit home runs, you're going you're gonna to run into some problems. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of staying calm and uh, staying with your approach and just let it come to you. Now the speed at, at the collegiate level versus the minor league level, I'm assuming there's a difference, but but how big of a difference was it for you? Uh, I mean, it isn't, it isn't a crazy difference. I mean, you get some you get some better runners at short where you can't really cr take as much time as as used to in college, but I mean, the jump isn't isn't really crazy. I mean, I think the jump is more from Vermont to high was a little different than from college to Vermont. I mean, just the pitching and everything is just a little better. And so, you know. You're playing with a really talented Stockton Ports team that, that has a lot of high-end talent, a lot of top prospects. Is it is it kind of contagious when you guys start to collectively start hitting? Yeah, I mean, I think you, uh, I think we saw it a little bit in the Visalia series, uh, which they're, they're like the best team in the league. And uh, we really started to string some hits together, score a lot of runs against a really, really talented team. So, I mean, I think we got a little small glimpse of it, how we could work together in that series. So I think we're just going to try to get clicking all cylinders here coming up. All right. Well, thank you again so much for your time. Best of luck moving forward in the upcoming season. Thank you.
Thanks a lot, Rob. And thanks to all of you out there for listening to this edition of our A's Farm podcast. Be sure to check back in for the next episode. And don't forget that you can always find daily updates on the A's top prospects and all the daily action in the A's minor league system on our A's Farm website at athleticsfarm.com. That's athleticsfarm.com. Thanks again. I'm A's Farm Editor-in-Chief Bill Moriarty, and we'll see you again down on the farm. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.